This is episode 15 of the Online Course Guy podcast. I'm Jacques Hopkins, the Online Course Guy, and this is the show where we show you how to turn your hobby or passion into a profitable online course. I was able to do just that with the piano, and now after being an engineer for eight years, I'm proud to say that I support my family with the income for my online piano course. I am also joined today by Nate Dotson, who is hard at work on his own online course. What's going on, Nate? Not much, Jacques. Happy to be back. Good to see you. I'm feeling refreshed after vacation, so excited to get back into it and start talking about online courses and info products again. It's been three weeks since we talked, man. It's it's weird because we've talked every week for like three months. and Well, even longer than that because we were doing some coaching uh, before we started this podcast. And then, yeah. man, I missed you. It's been three weeks. Yeah, I know. It went by fast, the three weeks, I will say. And I got a little dose of you um, from a screencast you, you recorded. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to get back on here and chat some more. Yeah, good stuff. Well, um, people people kind of know where I've been because I haven't taken off from this podcast. You know, I recorded a solo episode a couple weeks ago, just going over some numbers from July. And then last week, I had our first guest on this podcast, Dean Dwyer. And, uh, and so people know that, you know, I had a baby and you know, dealing with that. And um, things are going really well with that. It's, she's, uh, she's a good baby. She's two weeks old today, uh, little Zoe. Uh, but where have you been, Nate? Uh, I was in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, visiting family for a week. Um, <clears throat> and I guess that, that started right when you went on your trip. So we missed that first week. But yeah, I was just gone a week. I got back on Tuesday evening, which was two days ago. So the trip to the hospital to have a baby is a trip? I guess. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So you've been on vacation. I've been on quote unquote vacation, having a, having a newborn. And I figured what better time for us to talk about kind of the automation that's happening in our businesses and how, and how our businesses and our online courses are able to perform, continue to sell, continue to bring in income to support our families, even though we've kind of stepped away a little bit. Yep. And I know that's that's the goal of both of us to an extent, you know, both of us like what we do. We like working, but sometimes you have to pull back. And when you pull back, it's great to see the ball continue to roll. So I'll, uh, I'll start out, you know, the, it's funny because, uh, people ask me like, are you able to get any work in or whatnot? And I'm like, well, not really. I mean, I work like, uh, 20, 30 minutes a day, something like that. And they're like, you know, one or one or two people are like, wow, you're, you know, you're literally doing that four hour work week thing. I'm like, huh, yeah. And so, you know, 10 years later, nine years later, after first reading that book, the four hour work week from Tim Ferriss, um, it's, I mean, it's a reality in my life. It's, it's pretty awesome. And I'm literally working four hours a week right now, I would say. And I'm, I still am. I haven't really picked it back up. So what I've been doing is, I've been recording this podcast. That's one of the big things I've been doing. So that's an hour or two a week. And then as far as piano in 21 days, I'm hitting send on emails. You know, you know that I have a comment moderator for my Facebook comments and Twitter and YouTube and um, all that. And I don't, I don't look at those, but I put my eyes on all of my emails that go out, even though somebody else is drafting them up, I put my eyes on them, tweak them if I need to. And I hit send. So like, you know, the day after the baby's born, I'm sitting in the hospital and I'm just, you know, the baby's sleeping, my wife's resting, whatever. I'm just on my phone flipping through. I'm looking at the responses that uh, my girl, uh, Emily, drafted up 
And if it looks good, I hit send. If I need to edit something, I edit it and then hit send. And so I did that a little bit each day. And um, I had one over the past couple of weeks, I did one coaching call with somebody for that's working on an online course. And other than that, that's all I've done work-wise over the past, you know, literally three weeks. That's amazing. And my business hasn't really suffered. You know, I turned off the phone call feature and everybody's going down the path of being able to purchase my course just online and they can ask me questions via email. And there hasn't been much of a drop-off, which is really cool. Wow. There hasn't been much of one. And so what I want to do is actually keep the phone calls off for the month of August. That way I can just kind of compare month to month because that, that's around when I turned them on was the big turn them off was the beginning of August. So I'm just going to keep them off because it's, it's doing well and I'm still not, you know, plugged back into work, working like 40 hours a week or anything like that. Yeah. And then the, I guess the other thing I did, I forgot to mention is I launched the new version of my website, which was, is, is big news. Uh, I had been working on that for a while you know, before the baby was born. And I kind of mentioned this on a podcast, I think that I actually built my new website in ClickFunnels. And my idea was I was going to build it there because I love the page editor so much. I was going to start there and then send that over to my my web guy and have him build that in WordPress. And it just, I was just so thrilled with how it looked inside of ClickFunnels. I decided to just leave it. And I talked to my SEO guy about it a little bit. And, you know, he preferred me to do it in WordPress, but he didn't see a huge disadvantage to leaving it in ClickFunnels. So I'm, I'm giving it a shot, seeing how it goes. And I really like the uh, the functionality of it. There's there's a lot of downsides to leaving it in ClickFunnels, but um, so far so good with one exception. I did have a, <laughs> I did have a big glitch in that. Um, are you familiar with like the term no index? In Google, Google indexes your pages of your website. And what that means is it it basically has a record that that page exists. That way, when there's a cert, when somebody searches for something, it knows whether to display your page in their search results or not. And so your pages are either indexed or they're not indexed. And a lot of um, like sales pay or, you know, like pre-launch content and thank you pages and order forms, those you don't necessarily want to show up in any search results, right? So you set those to no index and yeah, Google yeah. Google just bypasses it and they're not going to show that have that show up in any search results. So I uh, just because I'm doing it a little weird with the ClickFunnels and then using the ClickFunnels plugin in WordPress, my homepage was set to no index. Okay. And so is that a setting? Is that a setting within ClickFunnels? Yeah. So in okay. ClickFunnels, if you go, there's a setting that says it's like display in search engines or something and you can either do show or hide yeah okay i've seen that and mine was set to hidden because that that page is set up as demo.piano in 21 days.com and i don't want that showing up and within the clickfunnels plugin on wordpress we're getting a little technical here but if you've got clickfunnels and you have wordpress you probably know what we're talking about in the plugin i just set it to have that page display as my piano in 21 days.com and inside of wordpress that's set to be indexed but the, the ClickFunnels setting actually overrode that. So I had to turn that to show. And then through Google Search Console is how I'm hiding that demo site. So as of this morning, my homepage is back in search results, thankfully, because I was just starting to get some traction, some good results with my SEO campaigns. And, uh, and then it just went away and 
my SEO guy was freaking out a little bit. He's like, what did you do? And we figured it out together and, uh, and, and we're back, you know, and, and once you, once you realize it and you set it back to index, it still takes two or three days to get back in the search results. And it picked right up where it was pretty much once it did get back in the search results. No, no. I, well, I've been checking in just this morning before we started recording this podcast. I noticed it's back in the search results. And as of right now, no, it's not back to where it was, but I expect in the next few days it will be. I think Google just like, oh, this site, this, this page is back up. Let's throw it, throw it in the results somewhere. And then once they see that it's going to stay back up, then it'll, you know, it'll jump back up. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Is it, was it a hard, once you get the site finished in ClickFunnels, was it hard to implement it at all after that point? Did you have to do change a bunch of stuff in like your conversion tracking and a bunch of codes and stuff or no, because it all gets routed to your main domain anyways? No, I didn't have to change much at all, Nate. I mean, okay. The biggest thing that that I had to tweak, like kind of after I thought it was finished, because what I did was I posted my my demo site to the ClickFunnels um, Facebook group, which has like eighty thousand people in it, and I got a ton of responses. And most people were like, "Wow, that's incredible! I didn't realize you could build a site like that in ClickFunnels." But a lot of there was a lot of comments like, "Hey, you really need to work on the mobile, you know, the mobile friendly version of the site." Oh, yeah. And there's some good features inside of ClickFunnels to do that, to where you can say, "Okay, if it's desktop." display this at this font, but if it's mobile displayed at this font. So I spent some time doing that. But in terms of just like analytics and conversion tracking and all of that, you know, my uh, everything was already set up already because I have my Google Tag Manager stuff running on all my pages, whether it's WordPress, ClickFunnels. We're getting a little in the weeds here with all these all these things. So we'll, we'll jump back out. But, you know, it was pretty straightforward, to be honest with you. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So one other story um, about, you know, just not working much, but still making some, some, you know, revenue and whatnot in my business. It was like the last day in the hospital, you know, we spent like two nights in the hospital having the baby the last day. And I was like, I looked at my wife, I was like, Nikki, guess how many courses I've sold since we've been here? And she's like, hmm, you turn the phone calls off, right? I was like, yeah. She's like, uh, three. So she was thinking like one a day. I was like, nope, 15. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I certainly haven't like kept up that pace the whole month, but it was just awesome that since I checked into the hospital and basically when we were leaving the hospital, like I had almost done zero work, maybe an hour and I'd sold 15 courses and it was just, it was the coolest thing. That's awesome. That's funny because my, my Etsy business blew up like when I was in the hospital, when we were in the hospital having Josie. My first online business, I got just like tons of sales streaming all of a sudden when we were in the in the hospital with her. So I had a similar experience. I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Yeah. Maybe it's just like the universe coming together and being like, you've done a good job. Now that you're now that you need this, let me give it to you. Absolutely. So what about you, Nate? You uh you've worked hard over these past few months getting things set up, getting things more automated than you had them before and now you take a week or so vacation did you work much and and how were your results no i didn't work much actually i it just i kind of tried to work a little bit most days uh maybe a half hour 45 minutes i was planning on trying to work a couple hours every day but i just kind of let go of that i was having trouble doing it um finding the space and um and then my sister was there, my brother was there, I hardly ever see my cousin, my grandpa, family. I was just like, I need to 
you know, just enjoy this vacation and then get back to work when I'm, when I'm home. I mean, it's mostly automated stuff's coming in and, uh, and the business did pretty good. I just pulled up Stripe here and looks like it says this week I did like $642 and the week prior, 792. And I know there was, a, um, some PayPal payments in there too. So it went pretty good, I think, um, for being away and not doing much. And, uh, yeah, it was just awesome to be able to take that time away. And just basically every day I would answer some emails, um, reply to some people's comments and I processed one refund and some stuff like that. Um, maybe sales could have been a little higher if I would have been replying faster to people and followed up a little better. Um, but I'm happy with it. Good. Yeah. I was going to ask about how you manage like the people trying to grab at your attention just in terms of emails, because that's, that's one thing that's hard to completely automate. And I'm, I'm automating it on my side as much as I feel comfortable with right now, but you're, you have a lot less people that you're working with in terms of contractors and, th and things like that. So I was wondering about that. So it sounds like you, you did work a little bit, but just a little bit each day and kind of did the bare minimum of what you needed to do. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm always, I'm always kind of working a little bit in my head. You know what I mean? <laughs> like during other parts of the day, I'm doing strategy and stuff. So hard to say just it, that strategy stuff's probably actually more profitable than answering emails sometimes. So, you know, I'm doing a little more than that. I'm in, also building that capacity to be creative again and, and stuff like that. So. Yeah. You just can't forget about those. Yeah. I have, I have some really great daydreaming sessions about strategy and whatnot, but it's, it's easy to forget about it. Absolutely. It's crucial to make time for that. So at this point, you know, we have, we both have systems in place to sell our online courses and, and neither one of us are content with where we are right now. It's not like we're just going to say, okay, I'm done. Like I'm going to let this run for the rest of our, my life and it's going to bring in this income for my family. And now I can go literally do a four hour work week the rest of my life. Neither one of us are saying that, um, but we could, you know, it, it, it would, it would be sustainable for, for a time. I don't know if that's six months or six years or, 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 or 26 years. I, I don't know. I have no idea. So my question, Nate, is like, where do you draw the line between, okay, being content with what I've got set up? Let me just relax versus, okay, I want to do more. I want to make this better. I want to do other things. Uh, well, I, I just think that I'll never, never be content where I'm at. Like I'll never draw the line and say, this is good. This is good enough. I'm done working on stuff. I just love to work on projects. Like I'll work on, try and work on stuff until I'm, the day I die. I don't have any goals to just stop working on stuff. So I don't feel like I really draw that line. If, if you know what I'm saying, I might decide a project. I want to invest less time in a project and invest more time in another project, but it's just what I love doing, working on stuff and creating stuff and, exploring and learning and that type of thing. So, yeah, when you, it, it's amazing how you feel about quote unquote work when you're doing this type of work, Yeah, because you're in charge, you get to call every shot, you get to, you get to, you know, steer the, steer the car in whatever direction you want to steer it in. So if you're, if you're the type of person that, you know, just wants to make one thing and, let that rock and roll for as many years as you can, you can milk it. Great. Uh, but like you said, Nate, I feel the same way. It's like, yeah, it'd be cool if I could just sit back and collect, you know, the, the money from this. And I do, 
But like, I genuinely enjoy this stuff. Like, I what else? Am I, I'm gonna go play golf instead. You know, like this is this is so much fun. And so, yes, it'd be like it'd be cool to just like hang out with my family all day or something like that. But you want to be, I don't know, I want to be fulfilled with like work stuff too, and and helping other people and. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, and I don't know if it would be cool to hang out with your family all day. <laughs> like, you know, I I see sometimes I'm just like, God, I just want, you know, on vacation, I was just like, man, I just kind of want to just work, do my own thing for a little bit and work on some stuff. Like, I'm sick of hanging out with you guys. I need some space. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say it, but you said it. Yeah, you can only you can only handle so much of just sitting around idly with people, you know, chatting. Yeah, and it's it's that whole, you know, the cliche work hard, play hard. And if you're if you're playing quote unquote all day or, you know, just, just hanging out with your family all day, it's not as each individual minute isn't as cool or special as if you worked for several hours and then then you're done working, now you focus on, on your family. So, you know, when whenever you're not on vacation and you're more of a steady state in your life, how do you balance the the work and the family? Yeah, I do. I do like kind of like what you just mentioned is kind of try and set clear boundaries. I like to have more clear boundaries. I've noticed I've I've been easing into having more clear boundaries of when I'm working and when I'm not working, being around my family. And um, it helps me and it helps them too, I think. So I've just been trying to figure out like from that book, Deep Work and one thing and, and they're talking about how people only have a certain amount of time to get deep work done. Deep work is, you know, 80, 90% of the game. So I try and, and give myself that four hours every day of deep work. And, and um, if the schedule allows for an extra hour or two, five, five to six hours, maybe in a day to um, handle some more administration and some farms, farm related tasks and stuff like that. Um, I do put some of that stuff into the four hours as well. It's really focused farm tasks, but that's kind of what I'm doing is just trying to schedule that block and just have that block available every day, seven days of the week and, um, and deciding consciously if I want to get rid of it for a vacation or for something else going on and just accepting that, you know, taking days off whenever I feel the need. Um, but I, I know that I get energy and happiness and excitement from doing, from being in those, those work situations. So I love to schedule it and love to try and do it every day. So what are your thoughts on that working every single day of the week, as opposed to a normal Monday through Friday? I think it's awesome. It just, it just becomes more of a habit. It doesn't seem to like really affect my social life at all. I mean, people, if you hang out on the weekends, it's typically only, you know, for a few few hours a day or half the day or something with friends. So you can still schedule that time. And, but then it give that, do, being able to do that still like leverages your time in a positive way. So you're in mostly doing deep work the whole time rather than having it during the week for longer hours when you just burn out and some of that time's less productive. I'd rather have that time spend it on the weekend and then during the week have the uh, the extra time to like, you know, go to the grocery store during the middle of the day when it's not busy or uh, go for a bike ride or go to the lake when no one's there hanging out, stuff like that. Yeah, that's interesting because I, since I quit my job about a year and a half ago, I've still done the whole Monday through Friday, pretty much eight to five thing. And I've always thought about trying to switch it up just because like, what that that time frame exists because if everybody's working at the same time it's easier to get business done but i don't there's no reason that that doesn't apply to my business necessarily so i've always thought about trying to 
come up with some sort of different schedule. And that sounds interesting. So, you know, what you're saying is for like, if I applied what you're doing to me, it would be more like eight to two thirty or eight to two, but seven days a week instead of five. Yeah. And I was taking one day off a week and I like seven days better than even taking one day off a week I've found. And how does your wife feel about this? I think she loves our schedule and routines right now. She is ecstatic about it. Feels like it's perfect for our family. Okay. So she doesn't have any problem with, with not having any days off? Not whatsoever. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, what other thoughts do you have on this topic of balancing you know, family life, personal life with your work? I do think it's important to try and kind of shut down for the most part. Just again, it's going back to the boundaries thing, but um, just when you're done working, just shut it down and be happy with what you accomplished and just try not to do it for the rest of the day. You need that rest time to be able to get back into it. But I think it's, you have to talk to your family about it and work with them and see what they're open to and adapt, be willing to adapt. And as far as like, if you have little kids at home, like how many, how much should I be working? You, I, if I worked 70 hours a week, I'm sure I would get some more stuff done, but I wouldn't have that time with my kids and my family when they're young, you know? So you have to take that into consideration. Like the, they might be in school, they might end up going to school in a couple of years. And then you're, then you're, this first five years was 60% of the time I'll ever spend with them their whole life, you know? And they, there's a post on, um, Wait, but why? He talks about, you know, when your kids are gone, when they leave home after they're 18 or whatever, that's like 90% of the time you will spend with them their entire lives. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to work a little less now. I think maybe when the kids move out of the house, I would be open to even working more hours in a day just because I love it so much. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing I'm working on now, having a two-week-old baby is before she was born, I had a pretty dialed-in routine and pretty dialed-in boundaries and all the things you're talking about. But, you know, a new baby comes into the picture and just uh, kind of ruffles a lot of feathers. You know, I mess it. It's like, um, it's like uh, one of my favorite quotes. I think it's uh, Mike Tyson, the boxer. Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth, right? So everything was, you know, going smoothly, had a great schedule, great boundaries, and we kind of got punched in the mouth. Not that that's a bad thing, you know. We we uh we have a we have a second daughter now, and that's phenomenal. But like, you know, she eats every three hours, round the clock, and I'm not, you know, I'm not. That doesn't all fall on my wife for sure. I'm 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 helping as much as I can. And I want to help, especially now until, you know, she's sleeping through the night and, and whatnot. And so, uh, we'll, we'll see. That's something I'm working on. And, and to, to another one of your points, you know, just kind of when you're not working, don't work. Right. So like, I, I do have some bad habits of like, okay, my work day's over. I'm sitting on the couch, but yet I'm looking at some emails on my phone and that's not good either. It's, um, when it's family time or when it's, you know, not work time, it needs to stay that way. And it's just, um, I've, I've thought about even like trying to switch to a flip phone or something and just, cause you know, I can't do without a phone because I need to take phone calls and text messages, but do I really need the other stuff? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not seriously considering it at this moment, but I've got to find a way to, to, to not like check emails and Twitter and stuff like that when it's not time to do that. What did you do? Flip phone? I did that last year. I switched to a dumb phone. Yeah. I got rid of my smartphone and switched to a dumb phone and had that for almost a year. Did you switch back? 
I switched back. I couldn't take it anymore. Just the texting. <laughs> texting was hell because it was a T9, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the standard small keyboard. Yes, yeah, just <laughs> switch back to my iPhone, the same one I had before I started that. But it's hard, man. That's something I definitely struggle with too. It's just, it's, I think that's just something a lot of people are struggling with. Even if they don't know they're struggling, like it's causing them to be less farther along than they could be in their health, wealth, and relationships because they're spending so much time on their phones and social media and stuff. People are just in it. And uh, we, we just, me and Michelle talk about it a lot and try and remind each other and stay as conscious as possible. Good. Well, this is uh, this has been fun, Nate. I I think that the the main takeaway for people is because there there's not like a lot of actionable stuff in this episode at all. But I think um, the main thing I wanted to get across is is provide some motivation because um, I was sitting you know on the the end of having a full time job and and not really wanting to trade dollars for hours type of a thing. You know, just just a couple of years ago, really. And um, and I I mean. Uh, you know, it's so cliche to say, like, you know, if I can do it, anybody can, but like, I'm not, I'm nobody special for sure. I just, I, uh, I had a relative plan and I knew what I wanted and it took me a while to get, get there, but it's so worth it. Um, if you, if you listen to what we're saying, um, it's to be able to just, you know, have a baby, take a couple weeks off, but still have your thing running is, is amazing. Yeah. And give yourself permission to be out of balance at first when you're starting on this journey. Like um, I was working 50 to 60 hours a week and then I would come home and work on my Etsy businesses at night. Um, you know, I did that for several years or probably two, two and a half years before I gained that freedom that I, that I desired. But you, it just takes some hustle to begin with. You know, you got to play it safe. Like I'd had that full-time job. I'd come home, work from five to nine and work on my, my business to try and give me that freedom in the future. And it worked out. You just, just got to put in the effort up front. Absolutely. So I think that's going to about do it for this episode, Nate. And for everybody out there listening, uh, you can, you can learn more, find out more about online courses at the online course guy. And there is a quick start guide there waiting for you. If you, uh, if you're at the beginning of this and looking to, to go ahead and get started, it's got some tips in there for everything from just like how to figure out what you want to teach in your online course all the way through how to actually execute it. And so that's the, uh, that's the eight steps to creating your online course from your hobby. And that's at the online course guide.com. And that's going to do it for this week. Uh, good catching up with you, Nate. And we'll talk next week. Sounds good.